All right, are you ready to get into the Word with me today? Come on, let's do it. Take your Bibles. If you have your Bibles with you, if you don't have one, you want to borrow one, there's some in the book racks under the seats near you. We'll put most of these verses up on the screen. Today, I'm starting a brand new series. I'm so excited to kick off today a series I'm calling Algorithms. How many of you know what algorithms are? Some of you are like, what book is that? I'm al- algorithms? I'm not... No, uh, most of us are familiar with algorithms. Now, I got to be honest, once I got this idea for this series, I started studying more, and the more I studied, the, real, the more I realized I don't, I don't even want to plumb the depths of algorithms. There's a lot there that I'm not going to touch, but let's stay on the surface level, and let me just give you some experiences that you've probably already had with algorithms. Here's one. Have you ever opened up Facebook, and you see that uh, suggested friends list? All these people that, that Facebook suggests that you be friends with on social media. And, and I've come across people before that I haven't seen in years. I mean, I haven't talked to them. I haven't thought of them. I'm talking people from like middle school. You know, and you come across these people and you're thinking, whoa, why did they come across my social media feed? Algorithms. Because apparently I'm still connected to somebody that's connected to them who's connected to somebody, and and maybe we showed up at the same place or checked in at the same location, but the algorithms tell me we ought to be friends. Or or maybe you've had this experience before. You're on Amazon or eBay, and you're shopping, and you're typing something in the search bar, and you're not really sure what you want. You don't buy anything. And then the next day, you get on Instagram, and in your feed, you're getting advertisements for the thing that you were shopping for on Amazon or eBay the day before. Has that ever happened to you? Like, why is that? Algorithms. Because they're, not, they're, they're getting smarter with their advertising. They're not just blasting it out to everybody. They're strategically marketing the people that are most likely to purchase their product. And because you looked at it, you typed it in the search bar, tomorrow morning you get on Yahoo to see the news, and here it is in the right-hand column, the very thing that you were looking at the day before. Algorithms. I had an experience back at the beginning of this year it was pretty funny, and then it got frustrating, but uh, most of you know that the word for the year for our church is lift. God spoke to me uh, back in 2018 that that was the word for this year, and in my mind, I, I was thinking in terms of aviation, and, and I was just running with that metaphor of flight as I was doing research, and so I started, I started watching some documentaries on YouTube about the history of aviation and the Wright brothers and first in flight. And, and I'm just trying to build a wealth of knowledge as, as I allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me, to me uh, through those avenues. And, and so I, I watched a lot of videos. I want to tell you, probably for months after that series, I couldn't watch a video on YouTube without being interrupted by commercials. But not just any commercials, because that happens to all of us. All the commercials, I mean all the commercials, were invitations to flight school. I mean, I messed up the algorithm. YouTube was 100% convinced that nobody would watch this many documentaries about flight unless they want to be a pilot. And so YouTube was convinced until this summer that I want to be a pilot. I think they finally let me go. I'm not going to flight school. But the algorithm said, you want to advertise to this guy about flight school. Can I tell you this morning, your brain is not static. Now, that that wasn't something we always knew to be true. 
It, it wasn't until the last half of the 20th century that their research showed that there are many aspects of the brain that can be altered. In other words, your brain has algorithms. The, the term they use is plastic. There is a neural plasticity to your brain, and studies have shown that not only is your brain formable and changeable, and it can grow and be influenced, that it also showed that during the developmental years, early adolescence, your brain has more plasticity than it does in adulthood, which tells me that old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, has some science behind it. Right? The older you get, the less you like change. Seems to be that way. Why? Because you, you don't have as much plasticity in your mind. I, I'll, I'll give you an example of how this works. If you just look at a newborn baby in the first month of their life, the first month, a newborn infant is learning many, many new things. And, and the number of connections that are happening in their brain called synapses in the first month alone between brain cells increases from 50 trillion to one quadrillion. I don't even know what that number looks like. I gotta be honest, like a quadrillion. In the first month, from 50 trillion to one quadrillion connections and synapses between brain cells. So if you just, to get an idea of how much that is, just imagine for a moment that the rest of the baby grew at that rate. Then when your baby turned one month old, she'd weigh 170 pounds. That's how much your brain is growing and changing in your first month. And every time you think a thought, your brain creates a neural pathway. And the more you travel across that, that pathway, the more you think that thought, the easier it is to have that thought again. At first, it might have been a new idea, but it's kind of like when, when the school year starts and, and, and you see the kids pedaling their bikes towards the school in the morning and, and, they, and they cut through your yard and, and you think, oh, that, that's, that's neat. We live in such a charming community. You know, the kids ride their bikes to school. And then that afternoon, they ride back the other way and then they cut through your yard the next day. By about a month and a half into the school year, you've got a dirt track through your yard and you're on the front porch going, stay off my lawn, right? Because it's created a path. And if you can imagine that in your, in your mind, that's the way thoughts work. Thoughts create neural pathways through your mind. And the more those thoughts travel on those pathways, the easier it is to have those thoughts. Now, listen, if you're thinking good thoughts, how many of you know that's a good thing? But if you're not thinking good thoughts... That's not a good thing. One of those synapses that is probably fired in all of our minds, and you might not have known this, but somewhere in your brain, you have a cupcake circuit. I don't know when it started. I don't know when you first got it. Maybe it was your first birthday. Somewhere, I mean, you weren't born with a desire for cupcakes, but somewhere at some time, you were given one. And a spark flashed on the synapses of your mind, and something began to happen. There was a series of sensory, metabolic, and neurochemical fireworks that went off. The science of it is that a mesolimbic region in the center of your brain, the area that processes pleasure, it lit up in that moment. 
The vagus nerve flashed signals to the stomach, which began to secrete digestive acids. The pancreas began churning out insulin. The liver cranked up to refine the body's chemistry to accommodate the sugar and the fat and the starch that were about to come in. And as all those complex processes were unfolding, somewhere deep in your midbrain filed away a simple, primal, unconscious idea. Cupcakes are good. And for some of you, that's been a love affair. For some of you, that's been a lifetime of torture. But it's there. Listen, last Sunday at the end of service, they gave out cupcakes for pastor appreciation. And some of you, you know about that neural pathway. Because you walked out those doors, and you saw cupcakes. And something triggered, cupcakes are good. And some of you, you, you didn't resist at all, but others, you're like, oh, I better, I better not, I better not. Oh, well, maybe if I just have one. And you just started going, you know, that path, it's, it's been so trodden down. It's been so worn smooth. It's just so easy to just go get the cupcake. And you took the cupcake. And others of you, you, you're already to the end of the sermon today because you are so strong. And you've learned the secret that we're going to talk about. And, and Yes, that is a familiar pathway, and yes, it's easy to go down that road towards the cupcake, but you chose a new path. Maybe it was something your doctor told you. Maybe it was a fitness goal that you set for yourself, but you decided in that moment, you know what? I'm going to resist to go down the cupcake path, and I'm going to choose a different neural pathway. When a thought fires across the synapse of your mind, and it does it consistently enough, when your brain has plasticity, those pathways become the highways for your thoughts. And now I'm going somewhere. Your thoughts, maybe they were the ones that you received as impressions from other people when you were a child. Maybe it was something that was a traumatic experience, and so there's a lot of emotion attached to it, and so it was, it was very clarifying. But those paths, those highways of your thoughts, they become the, the freeways that they keep showing up in different contexts, in different conversations, in, in different situations you face. For some today, maybe the thought that has become a highway in your mind was simply this, I'm not good enough. Don't know why you think that thought, don't know why you come back to that, but like a default position or a default setting in your brain, I'm not good enough. For others, it might be, I'm not worthy. Maybe I'm not worthy of somebody being faithful to me. I'm not worthy of somebody fighting for me. I'm not worthy of love. That thought came from somewhere and it just keeps coming back into your mind. Or maybe for you, the thought is, I'm stupid. And anytime you have an opportunity to level up, to take another assignment, to take on more responsibility, somebody tries to call you to the, to the next level, that thought, it's like a freeway in your mind. Immediately you feel unworthy, you feel like you can't do it. Why? Because you've bought into that statement, I'm stupid, or I'm not creative, or I'm not attractive to anyone, or maybe the the highway that your thoughts keep running down is the thought that just says, my opinion doesn't matter. And so when you have an opportunity for influence and God gives you a platform to be a voice, that thought governs your tongue because my opinion doesn't matter. Reality is whether the thoughts are good thoughts or bad thoughts, and thank God there's plenty of good ones. But regardless, 
they form a pathway. Have you ever looked at somebody's kid and just wondered why they're so whiny? I mean, I know you didn't look at your own kids and think that, but you know, we look at everybody else's kids, we don't see it in our own kids. You ever wonder, why are kids so whiny? Well, now we know why they're whiny at first, right? I mean, that's, that's all they can do. They sleep, they eat, they poop in their diaper, and they cry. That's, they, they whine because they're trying to communicate, I want something. And it's cute for a while, right? But then they get to the point where they start to learn words, and, and they start to be able to communicate and to tell you what they want and what they don't want, and, and, and they're whining, and they're complaining, and they're crying, and you're saying, why are you whining so much? Can I just can I tell you why? I'll tell you why they whine. Because somewhere along the line, after they learned how to ask, after they learned what rejection is, they whined, and guess what? It worked. It worked, and a spark fired across the synapses of their mind, and, and a road was built in their mind that says, when I whine, I get my way. And when I whine, I get my way. And as long, and that road just got wider and broader and stronger until finally, you know, you're going, why are you not listening to me? Get up off the floor in the grocery store. Get up. You're embarrassing your mother. You're 14. Get off the floor. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you're like, stop. We need a new algorithm. This isn't working. Can you imagine what it would be like if, if you just never changed the algorithm and and you just always whine and whine, and you become a young adult, and the only way to get your way is to whine. I saw a video by Trey Kennedy that gave a good illustration of what this would look like. I want you to check this out real quick. Young man, what are you wearing? You can see it, can't you? What? I'm sorry. You really think you could wear that to what? church? I don't know. Well, you're not going to. Why not? Go change now. <laughs> hey, young man, pay attention. Pay, put your phone up. <sighs> Pay attention in church. Quit your squirming. Quit it. This is uncomfortable. Yo, man. Will you buckle up, please? Why? Because I'm asking you. We're fine. Young man. I'm Boy, if you don't get it. yourself buckled. All right. I'm, I'm coming trying. back there. Can we go eat somewhere? We have food at home. I don't want to eat that. Well, that's too bad. That's what we're eating. <sighs> hey, did you take the trash out? No. Did what? you take the trash out? Yes. Oh, so if I look outside, the trash is out? Okay, okay. I was like, gonna do it in five Don't minutes. do it now. Give me five minutes. I'm just... Now. <sighs> Young man, I will take away the iPad. What? You better watch. <laughs> Got real for somebody in here. I don't know. but How many of you know we need a new algorithm? We got to change the algorithm. What do we do with those destructive thoughts that, that just become the highways, the concepts that we build our lives around? What do we do with those thoughts in our mind? Can I just tell you today, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says the old has become new. The Bible says you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. When you get saved, you get a new spirit on the inside of you. Your soul is born again. But can I also tell you the truth is, when you get saved, you don't get a new body. Have you noticed? I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? 
You know, we like dunk you under the water and you come up 15 pounds lighter. We're like, whoa. (laughs) Jenny Craig ain't got nothing on water baptism. Dunk me again. That would be awesome. It doesn't happen. You know what else you don't get? You don't get a new mind when you get saved. You ought to just tell the person next to you, you got to work with what you got. Just, just, you know, tell somebody, you got to work with what you got. The reality is you don't get a new mind. The Bible says this in Philippians 2, 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. You've got to do something. You've got to take responsibility to form the mind of Christ in yourself. So how do we do it? How do we change the algorithm of our minds? I'm going to tell you today, you got to go to battle for your mind. I mean, you have to go to battle for your mind. I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul paints a picture for us of the battle that we have to fight. Beginning in verse 3, he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You need to know out of that statement, we do wage war. But we don't use the weapons the world uses. They're not political weapons. They're not military weapons. They're not weapons of of, of intimidation or or prowess or, or leveraging something against people. He says, the weapons that we use are not the weapons of this world. Look at verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Can I tell you the strongholds, are? that's the place where the mental battle is. There's, there's strongholds in your mind. It, it might be something you believed from the time you were a child. Again, it might be something that, that came later in life because of a, a significant incident or a, an overwhelming emotion, but, but it's a thought. It, it's a stronghold. Fear, for example, is a stronghold. It's a stronghold in someone's life. Anxiety is a stronghold. Inferiority, regret, jealousy can be a stronghold in your mind. Discontentment, depression, confusion, But look at what the next verse says. Verse five says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you can imagine that that stronghold, it's like an impenetrable fortress. It's like a walled city. And, And every time you wanna move toward the plan and the purpose that God has for your life, this idea, this thought, this lie comes at you and it just pushes you back. It's like you can't, you just can't get over that. You can't be what you think you should be or or do what you think you should do because there's this informational highway that, that you're having to run up against and it's like a fortress. But you know what? You don't have to get up over it. The Bible says in these verses, we have the authority to demolish those strongholds. He says you demolish those arguments, those pretentious thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and we take them captive. We take them captive. In other words, we arrest those thoughts. We make them submit to Christ Jesus. That verse tells us what we can do, what you can do. You can take those thoughts 
captive. But how? How do we do it? How do we, how do we change the algorithm of our minds and find freedom and, and break down those walls of thoughts and ideas that hinder us? I'm going to tell you three things today. Number one, identify the lie. Identify the lie. Now, some of you, you don't need any help with this. As soon as I started to unpack this concept of, of algorithms and it started to click, you know what it is. You've heard it all of your life. You've heard that statement, but you have to identify it. Can I just tell you today, I want, I want to help you with this. Don't believe everything you think. Just, just know that you don't know what you don't know. Don't believe everything that you think. See, the truth is, I heard Rick Warren say this. I thought this was so good. The truth is, everyone has a mental illness. And when he said it, he paused just like that to make everybody be like, what? That doesn't sound right. That's not, I'm pretty sure I'm good. No, everyone, everyone has a mental illness. And then he said, it's sin. And then we all go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. It's like we forget, like, the wages of sin is death, and, yeah, our spirits have to deal with sin, and certainly we feel the wages of sin in our physical bodies as they break down and they get sick, but how many of you know sin affects your mind? So don't believe everything you think. We give ourselves way too much credit for being the authority on what is right. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, the heart is deceitful, Above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? You know what that verse means? It means that you and I have an amazing ability to lie to ourselves. That's what that says. We have an uncanny ability to convince ourselves that something is true when it's not. The Bible says in 1 John 1.8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Every sin begins with a lie. We deceive ourselves into accepting something that we know is wrong. It's a lie. The truth is, people see what they want to see. And there's science behind this too. I thought it was fascinating. I learned that the optic nerve, which is the only nerve directly attached to the brain, when it sees something it receives more information from your brain than it sends. So when you look at something, more information about what you're looking at is coming to your eye than there is information coming from your eye. In other words, your brain is deciding for your eye what it's seeing. And it's making that decision based off the neural pathways of the things that it's seen before. So you see what you want to see. That's why those optical illusions work so well. There's something there you're supposed to see, but you don't see it. Now, other people might see it. You don't see it because your brain's telling you you're seeing something else. It's right in front of you, but you don't see it. And what I'm trying to say to you today is there is a lie that you've believed. There's something you've seen and you've called it true and it's not. And for some of you, you've believed it for far too long. Maybe you're here today and, and there's a lie that you've believed forever. If you're, if you're going to demolish that stronghold, the first thing you have to do is you, you've got you to identify the lie. 
You've got to identify it, and you've got to stop believing it. You make up your mind today to say, I'm going to wage war against these thoughts. I'm going to wage a war against these thoughts. I'm going to make my mind like the attitude in the mind of Christ Jesus. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to discover the truth. Not enough to just identify the lie. You need to discover the truth today. God has a truth, and his truth is better than a lie. How many of you want to know the truth? Well, I thought you'd be more excited about that. I mean, all I've told you so far is how bad messed up you are. It's been a great morning. Anybody want to get the truth? I mean, come on. We're all like feeling good about church today, feeling really good. It's, just, it's been an awesome Sunday. You told me I have mental illness and that I, I can't trust myself and that my kids are messed up. This has been great. No, you gotta, you got to discover the truth. For some of you, the lie has been, I'm a failure. You just feel like even before you get started, it's like there's this anxiety of the reality that I know, I know this isn't going to work out. Why? Because there's, there's a highway of information in your mind that you've believed for far too long that says, I'm a failure. But you got to find the truth about it today. God's word gives us a better truth. Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. For some of you, the lie has been, I don't have the strength I need. I don't have the strength I need to do this job. I don't have the strength I need to stay in this marriage or this relationship. I don't have the strength I need to raise these kids. I don't have what it takes, but the Bible says in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. For some of you, the lie has been, I'm going to be lonely for the rest of my life. It's cast a long, cast a long shadow over your, over your outlook. You just, I, I'm just going to be lonely forever. But that's a lie. There's a truth that's greater than that. Jesus said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. Look around you. God has put you in a family. God has a plan and a purpose that is greater than the lie that the enemy wants you to believe. Some some have believed the lie. They should have never heard it, but they heard the words. Their parents said, you were an accident. Some people have lived their whole lives feeling like they're unvalid, unimportant, a byproduct, a result, a mistake. You're an accident, but can I tell you, that's not the truth. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 4, he chose you before the foundation of the world. You've got history that is way deeper than your parents whether it was their choices or their mistakes, but there's a lie that you have to confront and you have to discover the truth. For some people, the lie is, I'm not smart. I'm not smart enough. And so you, you don't step into the opportunities and, or I, I'm, I'm not weak enough. I'm too weak. I don't have the strength to, I'm not qualified. Unqualified is the lie that forever permeates your mind, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.27, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things to shame the strong. Some people, the lie is no one will ever love me. Maybe somebody walked out on you. Maybe somebody you thought was going to love you doesn't love you, and so you've just bought the lie. No one will ever love me, but can I tell you, the Bible gives an emphatic truth in Romans 5.8. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. He stretched his arms out. He said, I do love you this much, and he died for us. 
You gotta find the truth. You've gotta discover the truth. For some people, the lie is I've missed my opportunity. It's too late. I mean, this is good for somebody else, but not for me. I'm, I'm always a day late and a dollar short. I just, I've missed my opportunities. But can I tell you, there's a promise in God's word for you that says he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. You've got to identify the lie. You've got to discover God's truth. See, your mind is like a hotel. And all kinds of thoughts can come into the lobby. But only you decide who gets a room key, which thoughts get to stay a while. You're like the air traffic controller of your mind. All kinds of thoughts fly overhead. You decide and you direct which ones get to land on the tarmac. You've got to identify the lies of the enemy and then discover God's truth. God has a truth for you. Thirdly and finally, you've got to create new pathways. You've got to create new pathways. Those, those neural highways in your mind that have been formed for maybe all of your life or most of your life, I, I got to be honest and tell you, they're, they're not going away. They are there. But the good news is, you don't have to take those thoughts. You don't have to take those roads. You don't have to travel down that same path. And you need a new pathway. And when you get a new pathway from God, it, it's, it's tough sledding at first. I mean, it's hard to embrace those new thoughts, those wide open five lane thoughts that you've been traveling down for so many years. It's hard not to take that road. And when you take a new thought from God, it's like bushwhacking through the Amazon. I mean, you got your machete out and you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's ahead. You're not even really sure where you are, but you're just moving by faith. You're believing what God said is true about you and you're carving a new path. And maybe you've even done that before, but then what you experience is, boy, about a week later, two weeks, three weeks later, that path is all overgrown again. It's all covered up, and that sounded good for a season, but I'm back in the fast lane. Negativity. But if you'll just keep going back to that new path, keep walking it every day, faithfully, Reminding yourself who God says you are. Reminding yourself of what his word says. Identifying the lie and then discovering a new truth and saying, I'm just gonna walk this path every day. You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna start to clear out that pathway more and more. You're gonna start to, to tread down the, the grass and the ivy that's grown on it. It's gonna become a dirt road. It's gonna start to get broad. It's gonna become clear. And, and it may not ever become the, the super highway that has been in your life longer than you can remember, but you know what? That new path that God has given you, it can be like that old country lane where you want to put the top down and open up the throttle and just give it all the gas you got and say, man, this is the road I want to be driving on. That's the new path that God has for your thinking. But you, you have to make up your mind to say, I'm going to create a new path. How? How do we do it? Look at Philippians chapter four, verse eight with me. Paul gives us a recipe for a new path. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
If we all just read out loud the words on the screen, think about such things. You have to create a new path. I like the way the King James Version has that, that phrase. He says, meditate on these things. Meditate on it. Get it in your mind. Exercise your thoughts. Focus on your thoughts. Meditate on it. Eastern meditation is all about just emptying your mind. But biblical meditation is about focusing on the truth of God. The, the word picture for that word, meditate, in the Greek is, is to mull it over. It's literally the image of a cow chewing its cud. You can just imagine that. Just... You ever watch a ch uh, cow chew its cud? Just chew it, chew it, chew it, and finally swallow it. Then what happens? Bring it back up again. Chew it some more. Some of you need to meditate on this message this week. You need to bring it back up again. You need... Now don't regurgitate your sermon notes. We're live on Facebook. You can just go back and watch it online or listen to it on the podcast. But we need to meditate on the truth. We need to mull over the truth of what God has said. Why? We're carving a new pathway. We're cutting a new thought process. into our. We're renewing our minds. Some of us, we never get a renewed mind because we spend all of our time fighting against temptation. And I challenge you today, don't, don't resist temptation. Whatever you resist, persist. It stays. What you need to do instead of resisting it is you need to refocus those thoughts. That's what Philippians 4.8 is about. It's not saying, here's all the things that you should try really hard not to think about. No, he doesn't list those things at all. He says, here's the things you need to think about. What's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable. If it's excellent, if it's praiseworthy, that's your lane. So ask yourself, in the areas that you struggle, what thoughts are you feeding your mind? What are you allowing to put traction into your thought life and into your spirit? Are, are they words that fit this description? Or are you fighting an uphill battle because you're feeding your mind things that are not helping you? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, what he's saying is, don't conform to the pathways. Don't go down those same roads. Don't go down those same thoughts anymore. But, he says, be transformed. Be changed. Be different. How? Look at it. By the renewing of your mind. You got to renew your mind. Science would say to us that you're rewiring your brain, but what the Bible says is that in the truth of the gospel, you're renewing your mind. And I believe today God wants to help some of us to renew our mind. He wants to help us to renew our mind today. We're gonna, we're gonna just respond to this word together. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back just to facilitate this moment. But I wanna say very clearly today, very clearly, because this is not pop psychology, so you need to hear this next part. You need the Holy Spirit's help to renew your mind. I'm not just talking about mind over matter. You need the Spirit of God to help you, to give you the mind of Christ, 
He'll help you. I want to show you one more verse, and then we're going to respond. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 to 23, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. I like the way it phrases it. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, that's, that's what we celebrated earlier at communion. We've learned about Jesus and the truth of our salvation that comes from him. Look at what it says next. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. You gotta throw it off. He says, throw off that old sinful nature. Instead, look at verse 23. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to change the algorithm. You've been seeing it the same way, you've been thinking the same thoughts, and the Holy Spirit wants to help you to identify the lie today. So that, that's a lie. That's, that's what the enemy's told me about myself. That's what he's told me about my situation. He's convinced me this is who I am. This is the way it is. But by the Holy Spirit's help, he's enabling me today to identify the lie. For some of you, the lie might be that my kids, are, they're running from God. They're always going to run from God. I must have messed up. They're never going to come back to God. Can I tell you, there's a greater truth. Acts 16, 31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your household shall be saved. For some of you, the lie has been, I'm, I'm afraid of dying. I'm gripped with fear. There's a greater truth. Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. We've got a greater truth. For some of you, the lie has been, I'm not beautiful. I'm not lovable. There's a greater truth. Psalm 139, 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. For some of us, the, the lie that you've believed for too long is, I, I don't have the courage. I, I know what the challenge is. I know what the task is. I just don't have the courage. I can't be the leader I'm supposed to be. I can't be the father I'm supposed to be. I can't be the man or the woman of God that I'm supposed to be. I, I, I see the opportunities God gives me, but I don't have the courage. But can I tell you today, Joshua 1.9 speaks a greater truth. Be strong and of good courage, for the Lord your God is with you even now. You've got to identify the lie, and discover God's truth, and make up your mind to say, I'm going to create a new pathway. I want to invite you to stand with me all over this room.